grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everyone tonight? Well, it's still daylight out on the West Coast. But anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome to California Haunts Radio. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. I've got something really cool tonight, I'm telling you. See, I'm trying to push my buttons again. Let's see, I'm trying to push my buttons every time. Anyway, um, I got a great show lined up for you guys tonight. All right? But I'm going to tell you about me, okay? I'm going to tell you about my team. I'm the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, California. We are 40 strong up and down the state. So we can just about help you out in almost every county, every city there is. If you have need paranormal help. But anyway, uh, to get the show started, if you're, if, you're, if you're new with this and watching from YouTube, please subscribe. Down in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a little ghost with a Sherlock Holmes hat on and a giant magnifying glass. That is our mascot. Just click on that. We've got over 260 videos over there of varying topics, not just paranormal. But uh, varying topics. So please do subscribe. And anybody that's new listening, welcome. Welcome to the show. I think you're going to enjoy it tonight. This is something that's near and dear to my heart because the gentleman that's on, Dave Bender, I've known him off and on for a long time. In fact, when I started out wanting to be in a paranormal group or joining and getting my own put together, I started out with his team. And then for a while, they were on my team. And then, you know, that's how we all operate. You know, people don't think we're one big happy family, but we are. You know, we work together in this stuff. And this is my, this is the team. If, if I can't handle a case, you know, if, if we don't have time and we're overwhelmed with cases, I will send my cases to this team. You know, to Bender Family Paranormal. That's that, that's who I will send my cases to because I trust these guys. And, and you know, and, and we work in a similar way. So I'm really excited. Dave Bender is a Native American and he's also a medicine man. And I've been out on a couple cases with him where he has done a Native American cleansing on a property. And so we're going to talk to him about that. And uh, I, I lived up in uh, Native American country for a while. And I remember I went you know, to the store, like everybody else. I, I would sit around the campfire with my family, my friends. And I would read about all, the Native, all those legends, all those Native American legends. So hopefully we can talk to Dave about some of those too. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting night. I think you're going to enjoy it. Because Dave is very knowledgeable. He's been investigating for a long time. He knows his stuff. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to let him talk, you know, tell you about himself. I could go on forever with blah, blahs, but you, you got to get it straight from the horse's mouth. So here we go. How are you? I am doing all right. How are you doing? Good. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long while. <laughs> Well, you know, life gets in the way and stuff. And, it does. You know, we got busy. Your life changed. My life changed. It happens. But here we are once again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reunion, guys. It's a reunion show tonight. Tell everybody about you. Tell us about Dave Bender. Well, let's see. Um, I actually got started in this back in, I want to say, 98. So about 1998. And I was living in Montana at the time. And that was before all the TV shows and the specials and, you know, all the stuff you see now that's inundating our airwaves. Um, 
And I saw a special one day and I was like, you know, I could do that. <laughs> Not having a clue what I was doing. So, and there was no other groups at the time. I mean, it was just, this was even like pre-internet kind of, you know, internet was there, but none of this stuff was on at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just basically grabbed some equipment that I found, a flashlight, a compass, a outdoor thermometer, a camcorder, and just started investigating places, not really knowing what I was doing, but people would let me in and I would walk around and go, wow, you know, this place is pretty haunted. <laughs> and a friend of mine that I, um, I played basketball with, he uh, worked for the newspaper and he wanted to come along and he actually did an article. I still have it from all those years ago where he came in while I was um, <laughs> investigating. <laughs> but um, flash forward to um, 2001, I was moving out to California and I kind of got excited because there were groups out here that were actually up and running and they were doing things. So I wanted to join a group and kind of belong and investigate because for the longest time it was just me. Mm-hmm. So I found there were some groups. And I was like, all right, I was excited. I joined up with one group and, you know, I was basically, it was a bunch of us kind of sitting around talking about what we were going to do and not, we never really did anything. Mm-hmm. So after a number of months of that, I was like, all right, this is, I can't do this anymore. So just formed my own group and still didn't know what I was doing, but at least we had people, you know, we started to get people that were interested and wanted to do this, you know? So we started investigating and over time, you know, developed some, I think, interesting protocols as far as how to, how, at least how we do this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of morphed into a group that the people now, they take ownership of it. Um, it's, it's nice to see the excitement from new people mm-hmm. that join. I think that's where I really get that. Um, yeah, it makes me feel like, okay, this is new again. Because at one time I had that, you know, as you did, that fresh, new, excited feeling where, you know, you're going to, investigate everything and find out what's going on out there. Right. Right. You know, what I thought was interesting in the beginning, even with our team was the equipment because, you know, you, you see people use it, but, but you're not quite sure how to use it. I remember being out of the cemetery, you know, testing it out because you go out, test stuff out. And I remember, I mm-hmm. no, I think in fact, I think it was from Flashover we were doing, I think with the newspaper and, uh, the EMF meter kept going really high. The, te- the thermometer kept going really high. And then it dawned on me and I said, you know, you're only like about three feet away from each other. Can you like move away? <laughs> and then everybody's disappointed because they're like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. It's and I've, historically, I've never been a fan of the equipment. But I mean, recently I've kind of, well, you just kind of have to at some point. So, you know, we've gotten more equipment. You know, we've got the connect and um the rem pod and they're actually a lot of fun to use Mm -hmm. and we've actually gotten some interesting you know uh things happen with them Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm always still even to this day more about the people that are doing the investigations than it is the equipment because you're only as good as the people that you have so right just just not to interrupt sorry uh what what piece of equipment now that, that has come out you think is one of the best, one of the most um, explosive equipment. You, you, you know what I mean? The, the most 
fun or, or best equipment to use now. Like I tend to like lean more on the um, on the X cam. Yeah, I, I, like, I like REM pod just yeah. because you can put it in a location and and let it sit, and then um, it gets very sensitive. You can change the sensitivity on it, mm-hmm. and. Um, the connect, we actually had some fun things happen with yeah. that on an investigation recently. Um, you know, it's, I used to use the DVR system and it just got to be so cumbersome. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, setting it up, taking it down, watching all those hours of footage, watching a chair that does nothing. <laughs> um, people step but, on your cables and it goes dark. You know? Right. And you know, people walking by and it's a shadow and yeah. And, you know, you get hours of dust that you've watched circulate in a room and they think it's ghosts. And But I, I really like the REM pod. I mean, I really think and we have a we have a handheld um, thermal camera. Cool. That takes um, thermal images and regular images at the same time. So I think that those those things are probably the most fun as far as um, using them and getting other people to use them. Because the people that are more um, apprehensive about doing it, if right. you give them a piece of equipment, they become focused on the equipment and then it's, mm-hmm. it lessens the anxiety. Right. So right, I think right. that's probably more important for that and for the homeowners. They want to see us doing things. Right. Right. I think one of my fondest memories with my team was Sabrina. And somebody had put a camera in a bathroom. On the counter facing the toilet. Sabrina didn't know it was in there. And she went to go in there. <laughs> and I'm watching the monitor. She sat down, you know, and she's looking in the camera. And you know how she was, right? So right away, the, the camera's jet propelled. Boom! <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of fun, you know? fun equipment, you know, things that happen. I forget to turn the camera on or... <laughs> We'd set up Bigfoot, the out, you know, the wildlife camera, and it always takes pictures and people going, you know, so you always get those kinds of images too, which is kind of fun. The Gibson house mannequin. Yeah, that was funny too. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh my gosh. There was a lot of, you know, that's what people don't realize too, is that it's, it's, it's a little accident that happened during the investigation mm-hmm. that keep things light, you know, because you, you have to laugh because especially if you're doing residentials, because it can get so stressful sometimes right. those little things mean a lot. And you were good. You were good at that stuff. I mean, you'd be jumping out of closets and people, not so much on the residential, but like, you know, we do, we do the, with an opera house, you know, we, we'd be out somewhere, one of the commercial jobs. Yeah. And you'd, you'd be jumping out of people. I learned that from you and my team hates my guts for it. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's true for the family. I mean, one, you know, there are sometimes there's so much tension there. They're so amped up that you have to lighten the mood for them to, to relax a bit. Mm-hmm. And I've done that many times because it will relax them. And then once they're relaxed, you can, once they trust you, you can, you can pretty much do whatever you need to do at that point. It's all about trust and building that rapport with the, with the family or the business owner, whoever it is. Right. You have to start there with that piece of it. And if you, if you have that, everything else falls into place. That's true. Now, my, you know, we've, we've run into Native American stuff. I mean, obviously, you're working up in Placerville area, working up in Auburn area, even out here off of um, Rosemont. Yeah. What do you do? What do you guys do when, when you know it's when it's a Native American? I'm not going to say haunting, but a Native American thing going on. What what, what types of steps do you guys take? It really depends. Um, 
for me, it's very comfortable for me, obviously, but um, it depends on what's happening. It depends on the activity and what's, because it's, it's from my experience, it's typically not due to the Native American presence. They're usually there for another reason, the land or whatever is there in the land. Um, oftentimes it's kind of a, it's secondary to whatever is happening within the location. It's not typically the Native American presence that's causing the issue. Mm-hmm. It's usually secondary that they happen to be there within mm-hmm. that location. Either they're looking out for that land or, you know, they have their own reasons for being there. So for me, it's, it's very comfortable. Unlike going to say Virginia city where it's not right. And I get sick as soon as I hit the city limit sign. Um, but I think a lot of the, the blessings and cleansings that I do kind of help calm a lot of that, a lot of the issues that they may have, you know, secondary to what's happening because they see, okay, I'm here. I'm, we may not be from the same tribe, but at least I'm here to try to help and it's familiar to them. So it helps calm that side of it down too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I know we've done the bit where the, where we will do offerings, you know, tobacco, rocks, different things. I even went as far as to take a salmon that I had on this one property and I, I took it out to offer it, you know, to, to offer it out. But I, and I know you can't talk about what you do in the rituals because we had that discussion years ago. Yeah. But I mean, how do you prepare to go out? You know, like, like, like if, if there is something like this one case we had, the little boy would see a uh, Native American headdress walk through the, his bedroom at night. How, how do you go about approaching that? I try to get a feel for what's happening. Um, if it's something like that, is it still there? Is it just passing through or is it re- recurring? It's typically from, from what I've experienced for the most part, it's passing through. They're not there to cause any kind of issue with the location, but because it's, it's like a pathway almost you, there's so much activity and it varies that it's going through that location. It's very rare that it's due to a native American being there. If you've disturbed something that's there, that's native American, that's when you're going to run into the problem potentially. You know, if you're on a site, that's a burial ground or you've disturbed something that's sacred intentionally or unintentionally that can cause issues as well. Absolutely. That was my thought too, because, you know, it was only up until a few years ago that when they, you know, when contractors were building that they have to stop if it ends up being Native American land. Because up until that point, I mean, a lot of these houses like out in Rio Linda, you know, Lamb Park, even, right. or even out here in Rosemont, they were built on Native American land and they, they knew they were, they just built them there. Yeah. And they didn't really care where they built either. Right. Um, they would build on whatever was there and they, if it was something important, they would tear it down and build over it. Mm-hmm. And then whoever eventually moved in there, were dealing with the repercussions of what had been done previously. Mm-hmm. I know my brother-in-law used to tell me stories, uh, you know, where the, the that new govern, governor's mansion is where, where nobody stays in there. Yeah. And he says that, you know, when, and this is like in the sixties, you know, when they used to walk the levee road and go back in there, they would find beads and everything back there. Yeah. And I mean, for the most part, our people, you know, we're not very, we're not very pushy. We're not very, you know, we try to get along, but until you disrupt something that's, you know, important to us (laughs) and then, you know, then it's a problem. 
And that's what you end up seeing happening sometimes is it's not, it's not ongoing, mm -hmm. the problems, but they're, they're making their presence known. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be the ones to give you ongoing, you know, constant issues within a location. It's gonna be. I want you to, you know, you know, I'm here. I'll use to keep my distance. Mm -hmm. I'm outside. You know, I'm here. I'm, you know, letting you know I'm here, but I'm not gonna cause as much issue in the inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's always been either I'm passing through or I'm doing my own thing or my presence is outside. It's it's oftentimes more with the. Um, elementals where you see a lot of the the issues come up you know especially like up in placerville you know gold country all up in there now you guys just did an investigation i laugh you guys just did an investigation over the weekend and ann was talking about the mud i know what i know where you guys were because working up there i knew all about the houses there's areas up there where all the all the basements flood <laughs> you know yeah. When she said that, I was like, oh, my God, they're up in that area somewhere. Three senses on a team, and none of them could tell me that there was mud down in the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't tell me that. And, they, they, and, and, you know, sense of direction's bad. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have fun. I hate to say it, Ann. Love you. Love you, Nancy. Love all you guys. But I don't know what it is with sensitives. They cannot drive and find, find their way around to save anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know. So what type of um, equipment do you use like, like, well, like when you go to do a cleansing on a house? Um, well, I have a medicine bag and, and I have um, a variety of things in there. There's, um, there's some flat cedar. Um, there's a mushroom that comes from Canada that I, to this day, have no idea where it came from. My uncle got it. And I've yet to be able to get him to tell me where to get more from because it's very, it's like when I make medicine bags, it's very important for that. It's very strong, but of course, you know, hasn't been much help. Um, I do use some sage. Um, there's some tobacco. There's a lot of different things I've been given that I do use, but my primary blessing um, choice is sweetgrass. Okay. And there is California sweetgrass, but I prefer the sweetgrass from the Bitterroot Valley in Montana. It smells different. It is different to me. That's, you know, the stuff to use. But a lot of it really depends on what it is that you're doing. I mean, it's it comes down to intent and belief. Mm -hmm. If you believe in what you're doing and everyone else is buying into that belief, then you're going to get a result that's going to benefit everyone. It's very similar to when priests go out to homes and they do their blessings and their cleanse. They have to buy right. into what is being done in order for them to benefit from it. Right, right. And the same goes for what I do. And that was another question I had for you because I know we get a lot of calls. People just don't want people don't want investigation. They want us to come out and cleanse the house right away. And I'm forever trying to tell them we just can't come out and do a cleansing. We have to know what we're cleansing because you know certain certain blessings aren't going to work with certain races. You know what I mean? I mean, right. obviously if, if it's a native American situation, I go out there with, with holy water and have a priest come out. <laughs> it's know. not going to be very good. No. And so, vice versa. You know? Yeah. So do, do you get calls like that too? You know, where people all they want is a blessing. Sometimes. And 
it's really coming down to what is it that's going to work for them. So we had one one time where we mentioned all these different things to try. And she had said, no, she's tried everything. So nothing we recommended was going to work. So finally, it got down to what was her religion. We asked her to contact a priest, bring them in, and they could, they could you know, hopefully assist her. And that was the only thing she would agree to. So it's really finding out ahead of time what are their beliefs, um, what are they comfortable with, what, what are they looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done probably more blessings on non-native families than I have on native families, just because the native families already have that understanding, typically. But I'm surprised at how many non-native families are good with it, and they're looking for they're looking for some kind of relief. Mm-hmm. And one of the homes we we did a couple of weeks, maybe three four weeks ago, the upstairs was okay. The downstairs was not at all. Mm-hmm. And you could, I mean, you could feel it. as soon as you went upstairs, you felt fine. As soon as you went downstairs, it was, it was just nasty. And I did bless, I did cleanse that bottom part. And as soon as I was done, you could feel the difference. It was night and day and everybody else was commenting. So it's, it's, you have to have that collective buy-in for what you're doing. And it doesn't matter what it is. Just you do it the best you can with the best of intentions and you're going to see the results if you have that buy it. Perfect. Now the other question I have too, is that um, the other thing I've noticed is when we, like you say, when we started doing this, in fact, when, when we got with you guys, ghost hunters were just starting. Yeah. The TV show was just starting. And when you heard, got calls from people, went out to people's houses, it was always uncle Bob. <laughs> that you'd encounter, you know, or grandpa or whatever. But as these shows have come out, like A Haunting and a few others, I've noticed that people don't look upon it as maybe being a deceased relative, that right away it's demonic. Yeah. How do you guys handle that to approach that? Because, I mean, that's one thing. It's like, it's almost, you almost feel like you're arguing with them on the phone, trying to say, look, we can, you know, we have to see what we're dealing with first. I don't think it's demonic, you know, but, you know, we'll have to see. And we won't tell them that over the phone because oftentimes, as you know, they've already made up their minds nine times out of 10, whether their right. place is sponsored or not. They want confirmation. Right. So we will do the prelim, go out and see for ourselves because we don't want, we don't want to give them any kind of preconceived notions over the phone right. because oftentimes they've already thought that, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So if you confirm it, it freaks them out more mm-hmm. and they kind of, you know, they, they panic and, Sometimes they move. <laughs> so we, we always try to do the prelim just on the ba- on the premise that we want to see what's happening. I want to I want to know what we're walking into. And it gives us a chance to kind of sit down with them to show them that, yes, we are normal people for the most part. <laughs> yeah. And that, again, that's that's where that trust starts to build. Yeah. They want you to hear them. They want you to listen to their story. And if it's something we feel that is potentially demonic that's not something we will handle ourselves absolutely we had a case one time where Anne got thrown against the wall and i had no clue because it wasn't targeting the males within the location it was only targeting the females of course it was and you know so it's a, it's a lesson learned on on all fronts but um and sometimes people are just crazy 
mm-hmm. for a lack of a better you know term. And they will tell you everything. They will show you everything. They do not, there's no filter there. Normal people do not want you to think they're crazy. So they will go out of their way to keep you from thinking they're crazy. So it's a, that's a good indicator right there. If they're telling you their life story and they've just met you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know I'm a good listener, but I'm not that good. Right, right, right. <laughs> But I mean, over time, I think that's kind of, you know, you look for those, you look for little clues and hints and things. That's why we also look at mental health. We look at medications. We look at all of those things because if you're on 26 or 27 different prescription medications, you may hallucinate and see things. Absolutely. And that may stop if you're no longer taking all of those prescriptions. Mm Mm-hmm. So unless you rule that part of it out, you're never going to truly know if it's really paranormal or not because they can they they look very similar at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've had to tell families, you know, it would be important if you got to talk to your doctor, had a you know physical checkup, and you know clear that because once you do, and if there's still this lingering issue, then we can look at it and say, okay, now what are we dealing with? Mm-hmm. You have to eliminate all of those other things first. Absolutely. I know we had one client out in Yellow County, um, all kinds of stuff going on in the house. And I found out after the initial talk with them that he had had a brain tumor like the year before. Mm. And so the stuff that was going on seemed like poltergeist activity. And I couldn't quite plug it down. So I I asked them, I said, I know you don't want to do this, but could you please go and get another MRI? And see what's going on. And sure enough, he had another tumor coming in. Yep. To a part of his brain that 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 would cause that kind of stress. Because he was always upset anyway because they were taking care of their sick son. And so he would go to bed at night and he'd have all that pent-up energy. And sure enough, stuff would start happening. And that's what it turned out to be. You know, that he had this brain tumor. So you do have to watch out, you know, for, for the health stuff. Yep. When you're out on these things. Just like and you have to rule it out. You have yeah. to rule it out. Because if you don't, there's not... Not a whole lot you're going to be able to do, especially if there's psychiatric issues going on. Yes. Because that can, that, if that's not addressed, it's really hard. There may be paranormal stuff going on, but is it, is it which one caused which? Is it the paranormal activity that's causing the psycholo- psychological issues or is it the psychological issues that are causing the paranormal activity? Mm-hmm. See, this but, is what people don't get to see on TV. You know, they don't get to see that that when we go out in the field like that, we have to watch out for all that stuff or it's a disservice. And that's, that's the one thing that I get it. You know, you've got producers that have 43 minutes to show for an hour show within, you know, out of 10 or 11, 12 hours of footage and Mm -hmm. they've got to show the best stuff. But I think what's truly missing is that human connection that you make with the family you may not get any evidence whatsoever. My The best investigations I've ever been on are the ones where we get absolutely no evidence whatsoever. But when we've left that place, they feel better yes. than when we first got there. Yes. And that's something you can't measure. You know, you can't measure that with a piece of equipment. Um, and that's why I say always the, the people are, are what make the investigation you could teach anybody how to use a piece of equipment, but you can't teach them how to care and interact with people. Mm-hmm. They have to have that in them to be able to do that part. And I can treat, I could t- teach anybody, mm-hmm. but you can't teach people how to care about other people. 
And that's what you see when, when we do this is that that connection that's made and that the caring and the passion that people have for helping others. See, now we, we talked about this before when you guys were with me on my team, because I was, I was overboard doing that where I was allowing the clients to call constantly if, if something bugged them. And this was going on 24 hours a day. You guys are the ones that said, look, you've got to cut it off somewhere. And eventually I did, you know, I took your advice, you know, to where <laughs> I don't walk away, but I can, I can honestly say, okay, you know, we've been out twice already. Let's get down to what's actually going on. You know, you guys are calling it back in or, or whatever, you know, to, to try and figure out the issue because I'm not going to be available 24 hours anymore because unfortunately they want to talk to somebody because they're scared, yeah. but it can get overwhelming for the investigator as well. But they, they also have to be able to take the advice that they're given and utilize it. If you've given it to them three or four times and they're still not utilizing it, then there's not a lot more you can do for them. Mm -hmm. They have to be willing to help themselves too and accept the help. And sometimes it's just as easy. Well, I say that because, <laughs> you know, we've been doing this for a long time, but you have to set limits and boundaries within your space. And a lot of times they, they don't understand that because they can't see it. So they don't know how to, how to do those things. Mm -hmm. I know I've had my phone blown up more than once with, with photos, you know, photos of just fog and stuff like that. Don't you see it? Well, no, I don't see it. And I feel bad. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I want to desperately see what they see because they're scared of it. But I mean, if you don't see it, you don't see it, you know? What do you think about the people, and I know, I know we get a lot of those also, are the people that, that send you photos, and you know they're fake photos, but they're sending you know that stuff to you anyway. Well, I think it's how you approach them, because you have to respond delicately. Because you don't want to upset them, but you want to also educate them. Mm -hmm. And Anne is actually really good at explaining photos to people. <laughs> Um, you know, she will analyze a photo and, and tell them exactly, but she has a way of saying it to where it doesn't come off as, um, condescending or, or dismissive, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, I'm not one of those people. If, you, you, know, you have a picture missed. I'm going to say it's a picture missed and you know, <laughs> whatever, but you know, that's, that's where everybody has their different, you know, strengths and, and, um, talents. Um, Mine is talking with families because I do that so much for a living. Um, it's more of the social work, you know, kind of get them to buy in. And, and Anne, as you know, has her talents. And, and I think everybody on the team kind of brings their own, their own uniqueness to that, whatever task they're doing, whether it be debunking, you know, photography, um, sensitive work, you know, so they all have to have their own, abilities and, and strengths. And they all kind of mesh, as you mm -hmm. know, for having a team for so long, mm -hmm. you know, which ones can mesh and which ones don't. And a lot of it is just um, knowing, just knowing how to interact with people. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, once you have that buy-in, you can pretty much do or say what you need to, to get the point across. And a lot yeah. of it's the delivery. Yes. Yes. Now, a question I have going back to the Native American thing is, have you run into any cases where it was uh, 
I, I, I had this one up in Rockland where she actually saw a Native American dressed in a, a deer skin, and he had the 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 fur hat on with the with the uh, antlers coming out. Have you ever run into something where it's like a like, like another medicine man coming back to take a look at the land or anything like that? I haven't, but okay. again, you remember I got my uncle with me all the time, so yeah, yeah, it's you know. Uncle Dan is always with me, so it's like, you know, I can't get rid of him. <laughs> you know, it's family, so. <laughs> but, I mean, he helps out He helps out a lot on the investigations, as you know. But I, And that might be why it, it is as easy as it is, because I think he helps, you know, deal with a lot of those issues ahead of time mm-hmm. and makes it a lot easier for us. You know, right. it makes it more comfortable, especially if it's new, you know, if we're dealing with a native situation, it's a lot more comfortable. So I think he's able to, on that side, you know, kind of bridge that gap. Sure, sure. Now, have you been out to the um, levee, uh, the, the levees at night at all? Which levees? Whichever river levees there are, because I know, um, you know, Hawaii, they have the legends of the walkers. You know the the, the 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 native Hawaiians that come out. You know the, the, the they're in the trees and in the woods. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But I found out when I was doing a TV thing with Channel Ten over at Old Sacramento, some Kudanderas came by, and I found out that we have a similar thing going on 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 the levees. And I was wondering if you had heard about that. I hadn't. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what's happening up there. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about the little people. Okay, and they're not really they're not really people, but they're more like I guess the easiest way to describe them would be like elementals, so people would understand. But they're just the you know they're you see them, they're always doing something, but you don't really ever know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my family would talk about the little people, and they were out at night, and it's like, oh, what are they doing? They're just kind of there. But you know, some some talk about the skinwalkers, and uh, I find that you know fascinating. And, and again, you know, every tribe is different. You know, we all, even though we're all technically native, you know, we all we all have such different beliefs. And, and, <laughs> and says it, not me. <laughs> of course, about those little people. Of course, you did. <laughs> Well, I always say whenever I get mad at Ann, I said, shouldn't you be in a tree somewhere making cookies? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, you got to have fun. But, yeah, you um, got to have fun. You gotta have fun. Yeah. What, what has been one of your most difficult cases? Uh, I would say the one where Ann got picked up and thrown into the wall. <laughs> um, just because I was so caught off guard. Like I did the prelim, no awareness because I didn't notice anything. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of college kids living together in a house. They automatically thinking, okay, drugs, drinking, you know, what college kids would do. Right. Because the stuff they were talking about was very <sighs> strange. Like there would be cold glasses of milk that were poured and set out. Um, foul smells. They would see this black mist that would come down in front of their face at night when they were in bed with, you know, red eyes. 
and I heard a lot of this stuff and I'm like, okay, I don't really know what's going on here, but um, we did the prelim and again, I didn't feel anything. And did the invest, we started the investigation and Anne was sensitive and Anne made the mistake of challenging what she had seen. Because oh. that wasn't the first time she had seen it. She had seen it actually about a year prior. Not at the same location. Mm-hmm. And she went up in the attic by herself. You know, all those things we say you shouldn't do, those, those came because of Anne. <clears throat> Don't go in the attic by yourself. Don't go off by yourself. Don't challenge things. You know, all those things. But and she um, moves so fast. It's hard to follow her. I know. And then she runs into things that's not there. When she and... goes into motion, it's game over. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's... <laughs> Short and quick. And once she's doing her thing, as you know, you just have to let her go because oh, yeah. you're not getting her back. So, <laughs> But we were in one of the bedrooms that we were filming. There was like six of us in there. And we could tell she was having some issues. And all of a sudden, she picked up right into the wall. And you see it happen on TV and you think, man, it's so hokey. Yeah. It's the hokiest thing I've ever seen. But when you see it happen and you're there, it's like, wow. So she remembers waking up, craving salt. She doesn't remember anything. She had a bruise on her chest from where she got hit. Um, we got her out of there, <laughs> obviously. And that was the first and only time I've ever had to tell somebody that they had to move. Because what was there was there before anything, and it was not leaving. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed doing what it did. Isn't that the one too where it mocked her voice or it was mocking her too? The EVP. Yeah. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, people call it Reiki, but I don't know what I what I call. I take pain and I can take pain away from people. And there was a kid there. the The less obvious they are, or you know, the less they notice it, or are. the more oblivious they are to the paranormal, the better, because it's easier, because mm-hmm. they're not aware. So there was a kid there. He was hunched over, and he was walking. He couldn't straighten up. And he said he'd been like that for like two weeks. So I pulled it out of him, and he straightened right up, and he was running and dancing around the room. Nice. We have all that going on while, you know, Anne's being thrown and <laughs> being accosted, so... Um, that was probably the worst. Um, and that's that's a big part of the reason why we don't take on demonic cases because that's not our specialty. And I'm mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to put anybody in that position. Um, it's bad enough when sometimes you have something follow you and you don't know how to unfollow. <laughs> right, right. What I found that happened to us was we had we had a shaman working with us for a couple of years. And we still, when we took on a couple of demonic cases, the problem is the universe knows you take them on, and that's all you get. Yep. And so we went like almost two years doing nothing but demonic, you know, these demonic type cases. I'm not saying they were all demonic. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, there was ghosts that wanted to act like they were demonic or whatever. But it was like, you know, the universe was was just shoving everything at us. And I was so glad. I'm like, when, all right, you want to do these? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. And I was so glad. I hate to say it. I love the shaman. She still works with us sometimes. I was so glad when she took a step back. Yeah. Because then everything stopped. Because I was just, it was just so stressful. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's knowing your limitations. I mean, could we do them? Probably. Do I want to? No. It's <laughs> too stressful. I, I enjoy 
you know, helping families that have kids, they're scared. Okay. We go in, you know, and by the time we leave, they're, they're feeling good. Mm-hmm. And that's, like I said, you can't measure that with a piece of equipment. Right. You just can't. Um, I've often said that the big difference between like a scientific experiment is we can all sit there and watch it happen and come up to this, come with the same conclusion. Paranormal activity, it's a different experience. You might hear it. I might see it. Somebody else might feel it. Somebody else might taste, you know, so it's very personable. Mm-hmm. So I can't get you to understand what I'm experiencing. I can explain it to you, but you can't truly understand it if you've never experienced it. And that's where the difference is with a lot of people is that they're experiencing something that we may not experience, but if we can get into that space and at least collaborate what they're saying, you know, especially when our senses go in and describe whoever they're seeing and, you know, it's a dead ringer for that person they've never seen. Mm -hmm. That means more to them than, you know, a temperature change, a EMF change, because that by itself is really not much of anything. Right. Right. And it validates the fact that they're not nuts. And a lot of people think they're nuts. Right. You know, when, when they do start to experiment stuff or experience stuff, sorry. Right. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, that's why I, I think it's, that's why it's so important to have, you know, that's why I, I agree. We have to have all those areas. We have the debunking, we have the equipment, we have the sensitives and they all kind of work together to figure out what's happening. And they, they all have different pieces. It's nice to see those pieces fit together. Yes. I agree with that hundred percent. What do you say to people that want to get into the field? Um, first, know what's your reason for it. What's your rationale? Do you want to prove the paranormal exists? It's like trying to grab air. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to help people? Do you want to document, you know, hauntings? So it's really understanding what your purpose is. And then either going out and finding a team now, cause there's, you know, so many of them out there or starting your own. Um, the nice thing is, is that there's so many opportunities now that there weren't when we first got started. Right. Right. Um, we did a lot of trial and error along the way, but it's made us better. I think, I think now you can probably, you know, join up with, t- and it depends on what your philosophy is. You know, there's so many different teams out there that have different philosophies as far as how they do things. Mm-hmm. And you can find a team that fits that philosophy or that mold that you have. It's interesting wow. because 99.9% of the groups out there, when they first start, they're trying to prove that the paranormal exists. Right. And some of them get stuck within that cycle of trying to prove things to other people that they're never going to prove. Because mm-hmm. no matter what evidence you get, there's always going to be somebody out there that says it's fake, it's fixed, it's not real. No matter what. And right. that's kind of what changed our philosophy. Mm-hmm. When Anne got that opera house, Woodland Opera House uh, oh, yeah. apparition photo. People yes. said it was photoshopped, it was faked. And it was at that point that we changed our philosophy from trying to prove this to people to just doing it and giving them what we find and say, here you go. You've already made up your mind anyway, but here's what you were you looking for. Mm-hmm. And it took all the pressure off of us. It takes all of that away so i mean now when we investigate we don't have anything to prove to anybody right and i think that's what makes us better is that um you take that out you get rid of that and it takes all that pressure is gone so you can just investigate and do what you need to do Mm -hmm. i remember that night i remember ann and i were on the phone at like 11 o'clock at night 
Yep. Going back and forth with this thing, and you were in the, I could hear you in the background even happy. And for Mr. Debunker, that was something. Well, it was fun because I was actually there. And, yeah. you know, that was what was amazing about it. And then we went back and we tried to recreate it. We were walking up and down that aisle really fast. And, you know, it was it was it was good to see. But and then, like I said, people kept starting to say, oh, yeah, it's photoshopped. It's faked. It's you know, because they weren't there. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, the light bulb went on. It was like, oh. Why are we spending all this effort and energy trying to prove something to people that they're either going to believe or not believe? Right, right. So now we just go out, get the evidence and say, here it is. What do you think? And it makes it so much easier for us anyway. I mean, I'm I not agree. sure. I agree 100% with that. I really do. You know, because I, I know there's a lot of, in fact, I have a good friend that's that's one of the hardcore debunkers. You know, that, that that's what he thrives on. Hey, it's great for him. It's great, you know. Yeah. But uh <laughs> and that and that it has its place. Don't get yeah. me wrong. There's yeah. a there's a lot of things that happen within a location that are natural, mm-hmm. but the paranormal activity sometimes is trying to get their attention because of that. Mm-hmm. Like we had a and oh I always get it wrong, so I'll just say it because Anne will correct it and tell me, you know, I had it totally wrong, which is <laughs> not the first time. But we had an investigation, it was a family. And the mom was being touched on her face at night and was freaking her out and was sensitive. And of course, our senses, we don't tell them anything before or right before we go in. Right. So they go in cold. Um, she does her walkthrough and then she sits down with the mom and she says, she start, says, so, so you're being touched on your face at night. And her eyes got big. And then she started to describe who she saw. Her eyes got bigger and bigger. And it turns out it was her mother who had passed. And they had a gas leak in the house and an electrical problem, I believe. I'm probably wrong, but Anne will, she always corrects me on this, but um, the debunkers found those issues Mm -hmm. and the fire department was called and I want to say PG&E or somebody. And they came out, verified the problems and told them they needed to move because it was life-threatening at that point. Mm -hmm. They moved out of the house. We got a thank you about six months later from them, thanking us for saving their lives. And after they moved out, the activity stopped. The mom was trying to get their attention to get them out of the house. To let them know. Right. So what started off seeming very scary and paranormal was, in fact, um, there was a rational explanation for the activity, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Absolutely. That's not something you see very often that works. It worked. It was as perfect of an investigation as we could have. Right. And that's, that's the kind of thing I look, you know, that that's what I enjoy is when you have that, everything works together mm-hmm. and you have that kind of result. What's Ann saying now? That was, You can tell I'm looking, I can barely see the damn screen. That was the carbon monoxide leak. Yeah. See, I told you, I, I always get it wrong every time. What I've told Anne is like, we've done so many investigations and I don't remember all of them. Right. It was like, it was too many. Right. She will remember details from investigations that we did. I'm like, she remember like, remember, I might have no clue because we've yeah. done so many. They start to run together, you know. I remember important things that happened at certain mm-hmm. places, but not, you know, there's just no way. I so, do too. I'll get calls from people we investigated like years ago. Don't you remember me? And I'm like, who the hell? heck are you people you have to give me some kind of detail well i had two kids well <laughs> yeah. yeah that clears it up 
Now that carbon monoxide thing you're talking about reminds me of of one we had out in Vacaville. The gal would go to sleep at night. She 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 had to wear one of those uh, masks on to sleep at night, and she swore the ghost was coming in and knocking the mask off. And so I said, "Okay, I'll set the camera up. We'll watch you sleep tonight." So one of my investigators sat on the floor taking notes. This is all night long. We're watching. Good God! You know, I was I just sitting there. I was just like this. <laughs> Another investigator came by with pizza. Thank God. You know we're watching this. And all of a sudden, I see her cat jump up on the bed. <laughs> Walks up onto her stomach. And what does it do? Knocks her mask off. Yep. And so when she got up the next morning, I said, guess what? It's not paranormal. And she goes, what do you mean? I showed her the footage. But we had to wait like seven hours for this cat to jump up on her chest. Well, at least you solved the problem. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, sometimes it's that simple. The cat knocked it over or... But that's what people don't understand about what we do, too, is that, you know, they see this stuff on TV and it's all, like, done instantly. You know, Jason and them come back in a couple of days and it's all, ha, 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 here's your EVPs. Man, yep. you know, each camera, if, if you've got a six-camera system going and you're there for four hours, you got to multiply those six cameras by four. Yeah, and it's a lot of footage. I, I gave up watching all that footage. I, I can't. Because I'll start to hallucinate after a while. Oh, yeah, that rocking chair did move. <laughs> after four hours, it moves. You know, the door closes, you know, whatever else. I see all kinds of people. It's like. I got to the point where I would sit in front, you know, I would sit at the command center and watch the cameras. And if I saw something, I'd mark down what time it happened. Then all I'd have to do is go back. Because otherwise, like you say, you sit there and your eyes get crossed. Yeah. Watching that stuff. But it, it's it's. I think everybody should go through having to review hours of footage. Yes. You know, if they want to do this, then you know, it's funny because you know everybody says, "Well, how do I get into this as a profession?" Well, you don't. <laughs> it's uh, the pay is not great, but you know the benefits are okay. But it, it's funny, yeah. They just you know. They think everything that they see on TV is how it is. Yeah. You have to spend so much time telling them, no, I do not want you to leave your house and leave strangers in your house that you've just met by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> if there were dishonest people, they, you know, that, that could be a terrible racket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there have been reports, too. Not Sacramento, yeah. but of teams that, that took money out of, you know, out of people's dressers and and things like that. I mean, that, that or they, be... you know, think we're going to go dark all night so we can yeah. run into the with everything. And it's spending a lot more, a lot of that time just kind of letting them know what it's really like. And mm -hmm. I've sat, I've sat during investigations recently. I've asked, I said, so is this at all what you guys thought it would be like? Sometimes I'll get a yes once in a while. And most times, no, not really. You know, it's pretty laid back, you know, but. It's interesting. I always like to ask that. Just what 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 were you expecting? Yeah. Especially when they watch all the shows, because you know they they see what they you know on TV, what it's like, and I tell them it's not what you think it is. And that's the other thing too. I run into people expect you to have all the blinky blinky stuff, just yeah. like on TV. And when you walk in and you don't have that, they're disappointed. Yeah. So that's kind of that's another reason why I kind of got a few things because one it would keep some of the people busy and if they're talking about the equipment with the, with the homeowner 
they become more engrossed in that, less worried about what's happening and kind of, kind of, you know, if they can see it, you know, then they, they tend to feel a little bit better about it. I right. think it's, it's demystifies this whole process, you right. know, for them. But yeah, I remember going up to Placerville, doing, a, I think it was the, uh, one of the restaurants up there. And the person decided to invite like 10 people to watch. <laughs> and so I looked at the team and I said, okay, we can deal with this. We're just going to do a TV show. Go in, you know, go do your thing. Go in with a socket, go do your thing, and then come out and report. Okay, report to these people. That's what we did. That's how we pulled it off. Because we had so many, you know, so many people. What are you going to do? You know, you can't say, well, get the hell, get out. If I then it's too late. You got all those people there. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a if it's a rest, if it's a business, I'm not as I'm not as strict about that stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. it's not threatening really to the business owner per se. Yeah. You know, if it's a homeowner and they've invited, you know, every family member they can think of, it's it's another thing. Because if we can't even walk around the location, it's, it doesn't do much good. Mm -hmm. So we'll tell them ahead of time, you know, try to make sure there's no parties, you know, don't light any candles, you know, don't invite everybody over that you know. You know, we try to at least control it as much as we can because you can only do so much. Right. But it is a big hit with people because they, they watch the program. So they want to see you in action. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Cause you know, let's watch the ghost hunters. Let's watch the ghost hunters. And I think after a while though, after they watch us, they're like, Oh, these guys are kind of normal. They're just, <laughs> <laughs> they're just sitting there with their equipment. Okay. This isn't so, not so TV ish. <laughs> I always tell them, I'm, you know, you know, some cool stuff might happen, but it's going to be boring. It's well, I say we're say. coming in. We're coming into a very small <laughs> period of time within your life. Don't expect necessarily that you know you're going to experience things that you experience when nobody's there. Right. So it's it's different. You know, every place is different. But again, I think a lot of the people that are there now that can bring out, can draw out, right things. You know, like Anne's really good at that. Right. Right. Sometimes to her detriment, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> I remember when she was going to do the Brookdale Lodge, <laughs> and I found out how many ghosts were there. Remember, I called you and I said, We got a problem. <laughs> I said, She is going to be going off like a light bulb the whole time we're there because there's so many ghosts in there. Eyes yeah. wide, too. You can tell when she's gone. You know. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Honest, I do. I do. But you're, but you're hilarious to watch sometimes. Like, I love I loved Brookdale just because of the. I did too. The location was so amazing. That was just fantastic. Yeah. There's nothing like that that Brook Room, you know. Yeah. And you know when I walked in with the abilities that I have, when I first walked through the door, it was like that scene in in The Shining when he walks into the ballroom, and they're all there with their glasses up. Mm. That's what I saw when I walked through the door. All those <laughs> all those gangsters were there lifting. Lifting up their cool ones, you know. Like, hello. That was a really cool place. Yeah, I is it? I thought didn't they tear it down? I thought they did. I thought they did too. What did she say? Oh, she wants to go back. Well, if you go back, I'm going too. If we go back, you got to come back. I thought I don't. Back. I don't know if it's still there or not. Yeah, we'll have to check that out and find. Anne out. will know though. She knows. So Anne knows. I'd love to go back there. God, that place was awesome. That reminds me where we went to. Um, um, Estes Park, and we went to the Stanley Hotel. Oh, yeah. 
That place is, is crazy. Where he wrote, Stephen King wrote The Shining there. Yeah. And they filmed the TV version of The Shining at, at that hotel. But beautiful location, but not a place I'd want to stay for too long. The elevator is like old and really small. I had to go in sideways with one bag and it was shaking. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out of this thing. That's scary stuff. Yeah. But it was a beautiful hotel though. We were there during the shining ball. She's still talking. I'm just, no, I'm just thinking, cause she said, I want to go back to Brookdale. And then she said Brookdale again. Okay. <laughs> That's in. I'm missing a contact in my right eye. Someone's stuff comes through. I got to look at it with a lift. <laughs> I have to like focus in. <laughs> you only have one contact in? I have one contact in, yeah. Is that by design or? I'm waiting on the order for the right eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but fortunately, I, I have the same power in both eyes. So I'm, if I'm I wear my glasses, I can't see. So I mean, <laughs> I can't see the computer. So I have to have at least one in so I can see what's, what's going on. You know, so I have to focus in. And I have a touch screen too, so my touch screen stuff's like to you, like this big when I get done with it. You're gonna have to have people eventually when you're investigating, you know, cart you around and <laughs> point stuff out to you. That's what they, that's what they'll be doing with me. They'll just be they'll move me and shove me into a corner. Yeah. And I'll just sit there and talk to myself for the whole night. <laughs> that was my mother towards the end. You know, we would have to get up and like go down, go upstairs or something. And the cameras were all there. And I'd say, Mom, are you going to be okay if I leave you here? Oh, that's all right. I watch this all the time. <laughs> so she was trained. Or if they brought the equipment back and she'd go, is that yours? No, we'll put it in the box. <laughs> God bless her. So I God bless her. I had her trained to take care of the equipment. You know, she was, she was my sergeant at arms. You know, yeah. stuff like that. I miss you guys. You know, I really do. I think about you guys a lot. We'll have to get together again. Yes. Now that, you know, the, we're at an endemic, I think. Yes. Depending on who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Anne helped us on a case last year. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very, very helpful. Very helpful. Client was real happy about it. You know, and uh, you guys are good at what you do. That's why, like I said, you know, if I have a case that we can't handle, I will send it over to you guys. You know, yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to do it again because, you know, it's interesting, you know, it's funny how you grow over time. You get better at what you do, yeah. you know? So I think that, and that makes it so much better too. Yeah. Yeah. When I was with you guys, I was just, I was just a baby learning all this stuff, you know, and figuring it all out. In fact, it was funny when I started California haunts, I had no, clue. I mean, all I did was I was behind the camera watching you guys. So when it came to like physically handle the equipment, I, I had no clue. Yeah. I was running around my house with EMF meters trying to figure out what was going to set them off. That's what I was doing. Remember the Trifield Natural doesn't get set off by the uh, equipment and power appliances. See that? See that? See that? That's awesome. And, That's I, awesome. and I had to break down and buy a digital one. Of course. Sans fault. Of course. <laughs> well, we still had like old-timey equipment up until a few months ago. And then with my friend passing who was on the team, she gave us all her equipment. <laughs> really? Wow. So I ended up with 4K cameras. I ended up with all this stuff. So I'm running around the house now, just like just like it did way back when. Yeah. You know, pointing at everything and trying to figure out what, what the hell it all does. Just like I remember my first um, radiation detector. I had the old style one, the yellow the big, box. The big, <laughs> yeah. The Geiger counter. 
Yeah. But I got a new one now. But yeah, I used to put those things on, you know, go walking through. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's that that's half the fun is just doing that around your house and trying out things and tripping over things and, you know, just seeing how things work. Now I'm at a point where I just go here, figure it out. <laughs> well, you if know, they come back, if they come back next time, and I tell them to figure it out again, I'm like, all right, they'll stay. <laughs> well, you know me, I don't like instructions. <laughs> I know. I just say, yes. here, figure it out. Just whatever. So I just start pointing in any direction I go. You know, I used to irritate my dad. I go to build furniture and stuff. He's like, well, aren't you gonna look at the instructions? No, the pictures are good. I'm good. I can do this. Pictures are good. <laughs> to drive him insane. <laughs> I will sometimes read the direction if I'm not sure, but pictures today are pretty good. So, <laughs> but I've had a couple people work with the Connect, and they do better with it than I do. So I'm yeah. like, all right, you know, even if it's accidental, fine, just go ahead and use it. Yeah. Yeah. We still are trying to figure out how to record on it, but I am too. In fact, I had I had one of the older ones. That was easy to record with. This new one that I have, I still don't know. I have no clue. I have somebody stand behind me with a cell phone. Um, just go on YouTube. I think there's some videos on there. <laughs> there is, I think, about how to record with the Connect. And I won't work with it unless one of my psychics is, is, is working with me. You yeah. know, if I can get the psychic to put her hand out and say, well, will you touch my hand and the thing reaches over, I'm good. You know, I mean, it's just because, I mean, it's like anything else. It's like it's going to trigger off chairs and all this other stuff. And, of course, again, I'm running through my house seeing what it'll trigger, trigger off of. Yeah. It, you know? It's interesting. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not big on the equipment, but I've come to enjoy the newer toys. Yeah. Like, I love the REM pod just because I like being able to put it somewhere, let it run. And then you'll hear it go off. Sometimes, you know, you'll hear something messing with it. Um, the I like the thermal camera. It's a little, it looks like a little camera. Sure. And you just take pictures. And so that's kind of fun. One of the things I got from Monica was a paranormal lantern. I had no clue what this thing was. I take it out of the box. Lantern. There were no instructions with it. And it was like this, this black piece of plastic. And I thought, what the hell is this? This is paranormal lantern. So I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying to like, you know, pull it. I thought, well, maybe it pulls apart or, you know, I couldn't get it to work. Finally, I did some Googling and it does come apart, but you have to twist it a certain way. And then there's like multiple colored lights on it. So it's all EMF activated. Oh, okay. But I had no clue <laughs> how out of touch I was. I'm t it took me two days to figure out what the hell this thing was. There, there's so much new equipment and technology. I mean, EVP watches. I'm like, there's just so much stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like I said, I it's it's okay. I, I I enjoy watching the people on the team, you know, work with the equipment mm -hmm. more than me messing with the equipment. Just mm -hmm. because it's you know, I have a new um, motion um, geophone, as Ann calls it, but it's cool. She has the old one, you know, with the battery and the bell and the thing. It's like, you know, I think Thomas Edison created that one. I don't know. <laughs> so old. But she says she misses her old one because. Uh, See, you guys are better than me. I have the one on the cell phone. <laughs> I just have my <laughs> cell phone sit there and hope to God nobody steps on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, they have the, it's a company out of uh, Florida. I think they, they make a little 
box one, but it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty sensitive. And, you know, she's got the the grid on the wall. It's like, you know. <laughs> I think she just kind of likes playing with that stuff, too. But nobody douses like Ann does, of course. Of course. I learned all my dowsing from her. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It can be it can be quite interesting when she's you know having arguments with them saying to wait their turn. Yes. <laughs> Heck, I even bought uh, dowsing rods with glow in the dark tips. <laughs> you set them outside all afternoon, and then they glow in the dark all night. So when you're in the dark, wow. you know, don't tell Anne that she might she might want to get a pair. They're twenty five bucks on eBay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And they have the ones now that light up, but I always wonder about the EMF with those. Yeah, I don't, I'm sure. You just need to get some shungite. Yeah. I got shungite all over the house. I got a big old sphere. I got right. a pyramid. I got a uh, all kinds of stuff. That is cool. Dave, this hour blew by. I know. It did. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. You know? We'll have to but get together. Yes, we will. We'll have yeah. to get together and investigate too. We'll have to go out yeah. and maybe go Brookdale Lodge or something, you know. Let us know if something comes up or you know. Oh, see, neat. I want one. See, there it is. I knew it. Yeah, I told you. I knew as soon as you did it. <laughs> no point fighting those dowsing rods, you know, in the dark, and trust me, they work really good and, and they'll stay lit for like four hours. It's all good. <laughs> she doesn't need another piece of equipment. <laughs> Oh, it's crazy. I have but, stuff I can show her. You'll, 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 you'll have to whip out that pocketbook, I tell you. Uh, I like to keep it simple, you know, when I'm out there and I want to make sure I have everything I need. So, <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh, oh we forgot. The, oh, well. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's the, it's, oh, it's on mostly, eBay right now looking for them. Oh, God. If no. Them, I'll send you a photo of the ones I have. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I thought oh, about the ones that light up, but I just, when I look at them, I think, well, they've got to run on some kind of battery. So I don't think it would do any good, really, because because too much EMF coming off of them. Well, that and the battery drain. Yeah. And yeah. And they wouldn't light up. Yeah. Yes, 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 she says. Oh, no. Look what you've done. <laughs> See, this is what happens. This, this is what used to get you, remember? I know. Dad and I were together in a room or, you know talking about this stuff that was always boom, 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 all the time. And then she'd end up with something that you recommended. <laughs> uh, I'm not as, I'm not as anti-stuff as I used to be, so it's getting better. I hear you. It's getting better. I hear you. All right, buddy. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And I was Anytime. looking forward to this. I really was looking forward to this. How can people find you guys? Um, they can get in touch with us, uh, www.benderparanormal.com. Awesome. awesome. Or 1-800-GHOSTBUSTERS. I don't know. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when you're like, um, up, see, we're, we're, we were doing this conference up in, uh, uh, I can't remember now, the town, the town up above, see, I'm like you, it's like, it's all in the one. And Murphy. One, no, no, it was up the other no. end. It was, um. Downeyville. Oh, Downeyville. I did a conference up there. <laughs> and uh, we go in to check out because the uh, 
the saloon was supposed to be haunted. So we go in there and they decided to have their party that night. And the song they kept playing was Ghostbusters all night long. <laughs> we were we were somewhere and they kept playing it. So I got up and, and sang that song. I can't remember where we were. Anna will remember, but I can't remember. <laughs> and then when I used to work at the at the Mountain Democrat, when I you know come come Saturday night, because that was my night off, they would sing that to me as I left every day. <laughs> <laughs> you're like haven't heard that one before nah, uh, uh, you know some people do weird things like that anyway thank you so much Dave you're welcome and, uh, we'll have to do this again sometime and get out and investigate yeah do some stuff like good. I said you know if I have any cases that that you know that we're overwhelmed with or anything like that I'll hand it off to you guys because I respect you guys and, and, and if not if you got something you want us to come along on let us know absolutely that'd be absolutely. fun yeah it'd be fun all right, all right buddy Okay, Thank you. Well, you have a good evening, okay? You too. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, that was fun. Um, I've known Dave and Ann off and on for a long time. I mean, I've been doing ghost, probably as long as I've been officially ghost hunting. I can honestly say that. So that was great. It was a great get together with Dave. Tomorrow, James Matlock is going to be with us, and we're going to be talking reincarnation, but not just reincarnation of humans. We're going to be talking reincarnation of pets. So if you guys are really into wanting to know what happens to your pets after they pass, this is the guy to talk to. Okay? So I want to thank you guys all for coming tonight and listening to Dave and I banter back and forth. And uh, again, if you're watching from YouTube, please subscribe or um, share it with five people you know if you liked it. And if you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. That would be great as well. And if you want to check us out, check us out at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com or CaliforniaHauntsRadio.org or California Haunts Radio. Oh my God, too many California Haunts. Or CaliforniaHaunts.org. Uh, that website is now being switched out, so you might find stuff missing, but there's still, there's still a lot of useful information on there about what we do. And as you can see, there's a little ticker at the bottom of the page, and that's because we do not charge for our services when we go out to investigate. We are... We simply go out to inform and educate and to help people. That's that's why we do it. So if you could help me out, because everything you see here comes out of my pocket, whether it's a computer, headphones, whatever, even my paranormal equipment, I have to pay. You know, I pay for that out, out of pocket. That would be great. That would be at PayPal.me at California Haunts, or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, Venmo, and then just type in California Haunts. But I would really appreciate it. But once again, I want to thank Dave Bender for coming on. That was really fun. And I hope you learned a little bit about Native American cleansings and stuff because not not it's it's not one cleansing fits all, you know, when investigators come out. That's why we have to be so thorough in, in trying to figure out what, what it is we're what, what and who it is we're dealing with when we're out in the field. All right. Anyway, I will see you guys tomorrow. Let me get to my buttons here. Always about my buttons, isn't it? <laughs> there we go. I will see everybody tomorrow, 6 30 p.m. Pacific. Bye.